Iron and Wine on WPRK 91.5 FM, the best in basement radio, and the voice of Rollins College as I get my levels all nice and good. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. That was a song called Walking Far From Home from Kiss Each Other Clean. Uh, Walking Far From Home is sort of our theme today, a little bit of Walking Far From Home to gain perspective. So my very special guest today is Juliana Rossi. Good morning, Juliana. Good morning, Nick. Thanks for having me. Sure. And get right up on that mic And as I knock stuff over. And uh, let's see. Hey, good morning, Juliana. Good morning, Nick. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, uh, thank you so much for being here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It Happy is, New Year. Uh, it is a wonderful day to be awake. And so thank you for getting up this early uh, in the morning to be here. Uh, so we do this every week on To a Certain Degree. We have a special guest. And so kicking off the new year with someone who has a little bit of a different perspective than I think a lot of people do, young and well-traveled. And so that's kind of the thing that we're going to be talking, uh, some of the focus points of today. And so I'm looking forward to that conversation. I've already had wonderful conversation with you so far. We've arm wrestled. Uh, <laughs> she's beaten me squarely every time. It's all in the mind. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. For sure. And so why don't we get to know you a little bit better? We're going to play a little game, traveler or tourist. So obviously a tourist is somebody who... You know, I, I think has negative connotations about them. They're not really in it to be ensconced in the culture. They're just sort of looking at it and moving on. They, you know, they want to check it off their list rather than really experience it. And a traveler is the opposite of that. A traveler is someone who really wants to get into it, who wants to dig in, who wants to eat where the locals eat, even if it's something that's maybe a little bit more controversial or, uh, you know, that's something we would normally eat. Maybe some bugs. Maybe some 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 of Out those of the things. Out the comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You ever eaten any bugs? I ate rotten shark in Iceland. That might have been the weirdest thing. Yeah, that sounds gross. Yes. Okay, so traveler <laughs> or tourist? Traveler if you like something, tourist if you don't. We're going to do 20 questions right now with Juliana. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, me too. That works out really well. Pool baths. Uh, tourists. Yeah, not much on just jumping in the pool and, uh, you know going on your way uh you know it, it's just not really a time to reflect in the pool i'd say just a little bit of a cool off and then move on about your day okay very good so you like the reflection aspect of actually getting in the shower getting clean that sort of thing yeah you know taking a bath is just kind of you know quiet time yeah. therapeutic you're not yeah. worried about the next person that's getting in the pool next to you and a little bit of a germaphobe there so oh okay that you know, makes sense yeah, got it yeah. okay how about generation x Traveler. Yeah, you like us? <laughs> yes, you know, every generation has their good and bad. All right. Well, that's that's true. How about LASIK eye surgery? I see you wearing glasses like I do. Uh, you know, Traveler, I wish more than anything I could get LASIK. Oh, really? But uh, but my glasses save the day, so. Okay. What negative are you? Uh, I have no idea. I'm oh. <laughs> basically blind. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so I don't know that it, LASIK would do, like, they'd have to get the NASA-powered laser from Yeah, like eyes, a hammer and, you know, really yeah, get yeah, in yeah. there in the yeah. and the cornea. Yeah, yeah. Just... and then I'd lose the glasses, which I think just make me look smart. Like, I'd still probably wear them without the lenses. They really do, actually. They make me look smart? Uh, yeah. Okay, they, great. They make everybody look smart. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking specifically about me. That was <laughs> a little awkward. Uh, how about colonizing Mars? Do you like to travel? Do you, uh, you know what? I'd be down. Would you go Traveler, for on sure. the first ship or would you wait until they had 
the Hilton setup? Ooh, you know, the only reason I'm going to say second ship is just to make sure it doesn't blow up, you know, out of nowhere. But yeah. um, but I would like to explore it bright and early. All right. Very good. Yeah. Solar power. Traveler. I You're don't know okay why we don't take advantage of that more, but. Well, from we'll what I understand, the sun is very prevalent here in Florida. Mm-hmm. We may even be, I, I don't want to rebrand because, you know, we both have a little bit of a marketing background. I don't want to rebrand anything, but let's just say the sun state, something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. I think would work. So, yeah. So I think that would be good here. Love it. All right. So how about social media? Snapchat. Traveler. Yeah. You like it? I like Snapchat. I think it gives you um, not so staged you know, perspective of that person's life. Like you kind of just get to see what they're doing that day. You know, it's a little more informal than Instagram. It's still visual, you know, marketing art person. So well, Instagram does tend to feel sometimes like it's a little more staged, as you mentioned. And then all the hashtags kind of take you out of the moment sometimes because obviously they're trying to get followers and you know, it's what I'm trying to do on Instagram, of course. But uh, yeah, I also like the the meaningfulness of Snapchat because it's going to be gone. The message is going to be gone. Mm-hmm. And I think etiquette calls for you not actually doing a screen cap of it. Sometimes <laughs> people do. We've you all know, done it. We're all guilty. Sort of, of course. Yes. How about uh, zombies? Taurus? Either in the pop culture or in real life? It's just not, not, my, not my thing. Not my is it team. too scary for you or is it just like, meh, and I don't care for it? I don't think I've ever, you know seen a chill zombie i think they're all just kind of a little loony not to be rude you know but i feel like they just not to be rude to who to you know the zombie lovers out there uh, okay i thought you were actually thinking there was zombie listeners <laughs> who knows okay well that's a good point that's a good point our zombie numbers are up vampire oh. numbers way down yeah werewolf steady okay perfect yeah so that's good perfect all right uh, so this came up the other night. I, I can't tell if I feel bad for her or not. So I wanted to get your take. Mariah Carey. Oh, God. Oh, you know, I used to, I, I have respect for her. I think she's a, she's a good artist and I do enjoy her songs. But I do think that her New Year's Eve. Debacle? <laughs> yeah, it, it just, it seemed a little unfair to the people that paid the money to be there and, and um, enjoy her singing. I think she's got a beautiful voice and it seemed like she kind of just stopped trying halfway through it. She was like. Well, she couldn't hear anything. She couldn't really keep up with all of it. So, yeah. So it was a little bit of fault all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like they may have wanted to rehearse that at some point, but that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But overall. Okay. So Mariah Carey, New Year's. Tourist. Yes. Mariah Carey in general. Traveler. Okay, great. So all the all the Mariah Careys listening, don't get insulted. So technology is moving forward with or without us. Mm-hmm. They tried this out in Pittsburgh. They're doing it now in San Fran. And who knows, maybe it'll come here eventually. But driverless Uber. Oh, that's an interesting one. How does that work? Well, so you still have a driver, sort of an emergency Uber employee in the car because they're still testing it. But in theory, you get in, you don't interact with the driver at all. Eventually, the driver will be gone and you just plug in and on your phone where you're going and it's going to take you there. So like any of the driverless uh, technology, Tesla, any of this stuff that Google's trying out mm-hmm. right now, how do you feel about that? Uh, you know, a little bit of both, but I'm, I think I'm going to go with Taurus because um, I've met some really cool Uber drivers. You know, they've got 
from a traveler perspective, I've got some cool stories to tell, you know, they're- And give you um, some insight on yeah, where you're going. A, a yeah. lot of people that are Uber drivers have, you know, other jobs, you know, day jobs, they're just driving at night to make a little extra money. And it's really cool to hear their story. And I kind of think it would take the fun away from that. Yeah, that's a good point. And so how do you feel we're on uh, day two of 2017? hoping, fingers crossed, that it's a little more positive than 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you feel about New Year's resolutions in general? Total traveler on oh, that one. you do make your own resolutions? Do you yeah. have a list? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so is it more of a bucket list, these are the things I'm going to do this year, or is it like the traditional resolutions where I'm going to go to the gym? No, I gave up on that a long time ago. <laughs> so more of a bucket list? I think it's more of a bucket list, and I think it's looking back and saying, okay, you know, I didn't get to do this this year and I really wanted to. And I think it's important to take a minute and just say, not just, I want to do this, but say, I'm going to do this. Right. I don't I want to take a trip, but no, I'm going to take a trip and, and maybe look at a calendar and take five minutes and say, okay, this month could work, you know, doing this could work. And I'm going to go visit that relative I've been wanting to visit, you know, for five years and life got in the way and I haven't been able to. So I think that making um, a New Year's resolution is a little bit more about how to make yourself better and not so much how to add on responsibilities that you're never going to do anyway. And so you're being on the radio resolution. Check. Check. Yeah, nice. Yep, you're knocking it out. <laughs> I feel like by March or April, you're going to be done with this year. Just be like, that's it. That's done. it. Yes. Yes, All I right. hope so. Back to technology, uh, it has become more easy than ever. It was a big Christmas gift this year, but virtual reality. How do you feel about cardboard, Google Cardboard, the Oculus, all the Galaxy stuff, all the things you can do with just putting something on your head and being sort of immersed in it? I think Traveler on that one for sure. Um, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting perspective and to think that we can advance so much. But, you know, on the travel topic, I think virtual reality could definitely give people an experience It's uh, that's different. And even, you know, how they have those bicycles that you can ride and then you have the giant screen where you're like biking oh, yeah, in Colorado yeah, yeah. and yeah. you're in just your living room or things like that. I think that's very cool. I think it'll advance a lot more, but you know, it's cool for now. So if you can't actually go there and have the experience, this is an okay substitution in some cases. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. And how do you feel about, so this came up with uh, the military. Uh, some people over there have recently put out that, energy drinks uh, may not be good for soldiers because, uh, you know, they're trying to be alert. They're trying to be on active duty and things like that. And so there was a study just released uh, within the military that eh, maybe energy drinks aren't the right answer. How do you feel about energy drinks? Um, you know, I think that it's kind of hard with marketing to be able to see the difference between what's a natural energy drink and what is really something that's kind of boosting your energy from within, like if it's a natural product, B12, et cetera, um, then another product of a larger name brand that obviously I'm not gonna bash, but I think energy drinks can be a lifesaver sometimes. I mean, we all need it. I've had, you know, eight cups of coffee in one day and been like, I still feel so tired. So God only knows what soldiers are dealing with, you know, and, and I'm sure that if it's within moderation that maybe they need it once in a while. Once in a while. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so we live in arguably the theme park capital of the world, theme mm -hmm. parks. Where are you on that? A traveler. I think they're um, a fun experience for for families and adults alike. You know, 
kids are just so mesmerized by this fantasy world and everybody comes here for the experience. And uh, I think that, that they're definitely a traveler, travel a good time. Speaking of uh, Europe, how about professional wrestling? Because it's big in Europe. I'm not sure. There was a bad segue. It <laughs> was terrible. Uh, I'm going to go with Taurus on that. I know that there's a lot of fans out there. It's just not my cup of tea. I feel like it's a little too aggressive for my taste. But, uh, but you know, people do enjoy it. All right. Fair enough. Like I said, it's on the mind. All right. Let's do a lightning round. You ready? So just traveler, tourist. Okay. 90s nostalgia. Traveler. All right. Very good. Comic book movies. Traveler. Oh, that was a very non-committal traveler. We have to come back to that one. Coffee. Traveler. Traveler. Drones. Traveler. Okay. Flip-flops. Taurus. What? No. How long have you been in Florida? 15 years. All right. All right. You're not native. I guess that's okay. It's just uh, not cute with dress pants. It's just not cute. Okay, go on. I, my dress pants and my flip-flops are go together. pretty cute. Yeah. Mm, okay. All right. And the last but not least, cobbler. Taurus. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. What about pie? No, oh, Taurus. Wow. A little too sugary. Okay. A What's too your much. favorite dessert? Lava cake. Come on. Lava cake. Yeah. All right. Very good. So that is Juliana in a nutshell. Thank you very much for that. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about how you started traveling. So 25 countries, 90 cities approximately, mm -hmm. uh, not counting the ones you've flown over. See, I would count all the ones that I flew over, too. So. <laughs> like, I got you beat. Uh, but we're going to play some music right now from uh, Germany. This is by a gentleman named Ulrich Schnass, Faraway Trains Passing By on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. So that was being played for a couple of reasons. Good morning. My name is Nick. This is, as I mentioned, to a certain degree. And I'm here with Juliana. Juliana, good morning. Good morning. Thank you again for being here. Uh, one of the themes for today is traveling, you know, getting perspective. Juliana, uh, you've done a lot of travel in your short time on this planet because you're incredibly young and it makes me feel so much older. <laughs> uh, although you said uh, I was you, you thought I might be a lot younger than I started or than I am than I started. Uh, so thank you for that. Mm -hmm. uh, so Ulrich Schnass is from Germany, which you visited. Yeah. And uh, far away trains passing by. I always it really does evoke that song for me. Does evoke that feeling of you know just kind of travel, just kind of looking out a window, maybe on a train or an airplane, and kind of you know uh, not zoning out, but kind of finding some focus. It's a beautiful that's feeling. Right. Yeah. And so that's why I played that. So I wanted to talk a little bit about where your sort of wanderlust came from. So you mentioned on your site, you have a great site. If you want to mention the uh, URL, you're welcome to. Around June 2015, so not that long ago, was kind of where this all came up. So you graduated from UCF at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, you're hanging out. What was happening? What What was going on in June 2015? Set the scene for me. All right. So... Um I had just graduated from UCF in, in December, so a couple months before that. And, you know, a lot of kids studied abroad and, and that's such an amazing opportunity if, if students get to do that. But uh, I always just worked, you know, I worked my butt off and um, never got a, a full break. And I felt like, you know, I just had to work and work and so that I could be uh, graduating and, and getting the perfect job and, you know, getting a corporate job and getting promoted. And, and it was a good philosophy, 
you know, I think that you should be very hardworking in college, but I think that I lost sight of a little self-fulfillment. You know, I think that I was working and interning and it was an amazing experience. And then when I was graduating, they had promoted me and it was also such an amazing experience. And then a couple months later, I just started to feel, you know, what am I going to do in, in 10 years? Am I going to look back and regret not going? And mm -hmm. I had this itch. And I feel like when you have this itch that you're daydreaming about every day in the office, that you need to pay attention to it. So I started kind of talking about the idea and, and thinking about it and talking to people. And they said, oh, yeah, you know, now I'm married. I have kids and I, I would never get to do that right now. I have a mortgage. I have, you know, pets and I have bills. And so I just I decided that it was it was the, the right thing to do. You can't go wrong with that kind of intuition. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because what um, what has become a little more popular, a little more acceptable. So there's this idea that at 18, you go to college, at 22, you're done, and then you go into the workforce. Mm -hmm. And so what has become a little more popular the last few years is the gap year. Yep. And I had Kristen Maneri from Orlando Date Night Guide on a few weeks ago, and you know we were talking about that as well. And the interesting thing that came up from that is, at 18, are you really ready for a gap year? Are mm -hmm. you really ready to take a year off and do those things and get that perspective? And I, you know, I, I tell this story when I was 20, I went to Greece and I wasn't in school at the time. I'd gone to school, wasn't really feeling it. And so I came home, I was working for my family at the gift shops and, you know, my grandmother was kind enough to send me to Greece for a month. So I stayed with some family there. And it wasn't really the right time for me to go. I had no perspective on it. In fact, I was a little bit overwhelmed by the history of it. Mm -hmm. It made me feel a little bit small. And what I didn't recognize at the time was that should have been inspiring. It turned out that because I was 20 and I was so inwardly focused and so, you know, ego related that it was about me and it was about me not feeling like I accomplished anything. So it just kind of fed into that. Right. So I wish I could do that trip over again. Uh, but what she suggested was go two years and then do your gap year. Mm -hmm. um, what I like about what you're doing is you finish school and then essentially did a little bit of a gap. So you're still working, but you figured out a way to, to fit travel into that. I feel like going after college was the best decision for me just because, uh, you know, you appreciate it so much more. And what used to be a responsibility of, oh, I, I have to study art history I have to study for this test or I have to memorize this just became every day, just fully immersed into every culture. And it was just such an amazing feeling and seeing everything that I had studied in college kind of come together full circle. And, you know, I didn't go to party, which is, you know, surprising to a lot of people, but, you know, I really just wanted to go. I would get into every art museum that I could um, spend hours there, you know, go to, you know, the local the local places where people hang out and mm -hmm. go eat local food. And that's what I didn't appreciate until I got older. I had taken trips when I was younger with my family. I was fortunate enough where, where they do love to travel and they were very supportive. But I think that going after college gave me a totally different perspective and not having a, a full prog program to go with was just, you know, better, more flexible. And you could kind of do what you wanted to do and learn what you wanted to learn. Yeah. And over there, it's so popular. I mean, when you go to Europe or you go to Asia and, you know, Australia, any places like that, it's common there. That's what people do. They graduate or they're 
still in school and they get, you know, a little more time off and they go. I mean, it is so set up for people to just travel back and forth all the time through every country. And over here, it's pretty unheard of. Um, so I want to encourage people to really take a step back and realize once you get over there, that is very normal and it's very accepted and, and it's not as crazy as it sounds. Well, and once you get out of your comfort zone once or twice, then you realize how easy it can be because we talk about all these uh, things, all these obstacles. So, oh my gosh, I got to go through TSA. Oh my gosh, I got to buy the ticket. Oh my gosh, I got to find a place to stay. It's super easy to do all of those things. In fact, it's kind of enjoyable. That's part of the fun is planning the trip. Mm-hmm. is going on Airbnb and finding these alternatives to actually staying in a hotel. You can actually stay in somebody's house who mm-hmm. lives there, who, you know, you can kind of get even a different perspective that way and going and doing that every time. And if you, you don't have to go to a foreign country to do it, just go somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about you, you know, you have uh, on your site on sort of this interactive resume. Um, and we'll talk about that during the next break is sort of this idea that it makes you a better professional and it makes you a better person but you have 25 countries, 90 cities. You know, you didn't do all that since June of 2015, I'm assuming. No. Because no. you'd be on the road still, I think. <laughs> We'd be doing this interview via phone. But So what was maybe one or two, like, of the most meaningful moments that you had while you were traveling? Um, I think remaining a little flexible. I, I went to travel with a couple of girls, and we were in Spain, and we found this 20-euro flight to Morocco, right? So... Very different, obviously, than anything I had ever seen. It was such an amazing experience. It was just a fully different culture. And so I took this travel journal with me, and I'd like to read a little bit of of a blurb that I wrote. That's okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we stayed at what was called a Riyadh, which is the American version of a bed and breakfast, pretty much. Yeah. Um, So we stayed, and there was... It was all ladies, which is also pretty unheard of in, in Morocco. And it was run by, by women. So it was very safe, very cool. And even though we couldn't communicate, we almost had this slumber party. It was a small little place. We felt like their home. And we even asked them to sit down and have dinner with us instead of just cooking and then, you know, disappearing for the night. We're like, come have dinner with us, you know, come sit down. And they they looked at us funny. They're like, are mm-hmm. these girls serious? And then they agreed. And uh, it was the most amazing thing because we couldn't actually communicate, but we could, you know, just smile at each other. And there's a universal language with that. We drank mint tea, danced in Arabic, changed, exchanged a lot of hugs and tried a million of their typical dresses. We can barely communicate, but it felt like a big slumber party. It blows my mind that there is a parallel world to ours in such different cultures. I may not be able to communicate, but we did so with our eyes. Today, I feel so happy, like I belong anywhere and everywhere. So it was just such an amazing feeling to to be in a different culture and with different women that we can't speak, but we can we can relate just with a look, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Well, and I want to get back to how that, because I think it's, it's a little bit gauche, for lack of a better term, to compare this to how does this make you a better professional and things of that nature. But I think that's something that needs to be discussed because I think that in this culture right now, all we're thinking about is, okay, it's wonderful that you're doing this, but how does that, what's the bottom line? What is the return on investment? And those sorts of things. So we're going to talk about that. That's a great point. And I think that a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you're going to play and, oh, it must be nice to, you know, have that kind of money. And that's not that way. You know, I worked two jobs and I, it was about prioritizing. My friends were 
living downtown and I stayed home so that I could save on rent. And instead of buying myself purses, I was putting it in a savings account, a travel account. So it taught me to be responsible and prioritize to a goal. And then once I was actually there, you know, you learn to communicate. Like I just said, you learn to budget, you learn to be positive because also, like you said, you know, things are going to come up and there's tedious tasks included to traveling. You know, you, mm-hmm. you get on the wrong train. You're going to, it's part of it, yeah. you know, it's part of the fun. You'll get lost for three hours. Um, but you just have to not let it get to you and you have to not let it ruin your day and you have to move on and, and look at the big picture. And I think that here we get so caught up in, in our everyday routine that we don't realize that the, about the bigger picture, you know, but I think that it may, not only does that, but it makes you a better professional because now in such a, a digital world, you know, we're communicating with clients from abroad or people who also like to travel to, or people from a different state. And it's so fun to be able to be like, oh my gosh, I see on your email signature, you know, you're from, such from such. Spain, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I've been there. Where, what do you like about there? And it's such an instant click with people that you would never realize will come in handy. I mean, literally forever. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that in the next break. Let's play some music from Sweden here. Uh, this is actually, for the most part, an English speaking band, Peter, Bjorn and John. And so, have you been to Sweden yet? I did. All right. Mm -hmm. See, I looked at that map on your website and I was like, (laughs) you've been here. So I'm going to, yeah. All right. uh, So this is Peter, Bjorn, and John. We're talking to Juliana Rossi here on WPRK. And you're listening to a certain degree. It beats me every time. So that isn't really necessarily a travel message. Uh, It's probably not a very positive message. But they are from Sweden, and so we're doing sort of a travel episode with Juliana Rossi. Good morning again, Juliana. Good morning. Thanks again for being here. We are, uh, just so you know, it goes by really quick. We're almost done uh, with the first hour. So, yeah, this goes by pretty quickly. So if you want to stay, what we can do, here are your options. We can do the regular two-hour show, or we can stay for 24 hours and just keep talking. I like the 24-hour one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We might need an energy drink, though. So we'll just get coffee <laughs> delivered or something along those lines. So before we get to the pop culture quiz, I did want to talk a little bit more about travel. Um, so we talked in the last hour about it making you a better person, potentially a better professional. But, you know, you can't go into it thinking that, okay, I'm going to go to these five places and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to be a better employee. That's not really how it works. And I... Kind of felt that I did a, uh, a study abroad when I was doing the MBA program here at Rollins. Everybody went to Prague and then my team and I went to Barcelona. That was amazing for me. That was the change of venue really helped because it put a lot of things into perspective. Uh, the curriculum was fantastic. Just And again, seeing the history, uh, the first time I went to Greece, I was 20, didn't really appreciate it. Now I was 40 and I was going back to Barcelona, which is... I would go back to Barcelona 20 times um, and Prague, which I think is really fascinating place as well. Very awesome city. So yeah, you've been to both. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would go back and I, I want to go back to the Picasso museum in Barcelona and just spend two days there. Cause I think that was fascinating to me because it was all his early works and all his late works, all the popular works, the blue period, all that stuff. They barely had any of that, but to see how he went from one to the other, I thought was one of the more compelling stories of his life, seeing it visually like that. Mm-hmm. So that's just me. So you were getting out of college. Uh, you were done. You were working two jobs. You did a bunch of travel. Now, 
that you're, you know, year and a half later, how do you feel and how has that affected you? I feel like I thought that I would be done after I, I thought that, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to get this out of my system. I, I feel like a lot of people thought of it that way too, you know, okay, she's got to get this out of her system, but uh, it's not, it's never going to be out of my system. You know, it's just travel is so addicting. It's funny because sometimes when I tell people the story, they're like, oh my gosh, you've been to so many places. I'm like, no, I haven't seen anything. There's so much to see, you know? And um, I think that it's amazing once you do start traveling and now that I'm back and talking to people about it. And I think a lot more people are more open to it. Um, I've just realized it's not going away. So I've kind of tried to figure out a way to fit it into my my job and mm -hmm. even taking little weekend trips like we were talking about earlier and figuring out a way to still explore it, whether it's, it's locally or being able to take a trip abroad or, or within the States or wherever. Um, so it doesn't always have to be Europe. It doesn't always have to be Asia, South America, anything like that. It can be St. Augustine. It can be Savannah. Exactly. Sort of exactly. There's just so many places in our backyard or, or, you know, fairly close. So I think that people now being back and talking to people and telling them that it's okay and that you're, you know, the fear of travel goes away after you actually, you just have to do it. You know, you just have to go, you'll figure it out. You're, you have common sense and you're not going to do anything that you wouldn't do here. And I think that that's the key of staying safe. I think people have a negative connotation to travel because of the safety. And they think that, you know, they're just flashing tourists and that people are out to get them. And a lot of people are out to help you too. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of locals see that you're lost and like, Hey, you know, are you okay? Are you lost? What do you need help with? And, um, you know, I think that now being back, it's just about fitting it into my everyday life. And, you know, I gained so much more confidence in, in exploring the unknown. We're also going to talk about, you do a lot of charitable work. And so we're going to talk about that in the next hour. So stay tuned for that. Bad business ideas, that sort of thing. But we're going to switch right now to the pop culture and current event quiz. And this is the travel edition. <laughs> oh, yes. So I'm expecting big things from you uh, on this uh, quiz. So it's, it's, don't worry. We're going to have multiple choice. It's fine. I know you've been out of school for like a year and a half. <laughs> Let's start in France. As of January 1st, people employed in France will be legally protected from having to do what? A, answering emails after work hours. B, being mean to American tourists. Or C, drinking wine at lunch. Oh, I'm going to go with A. Yeah, so yes? this okay. is it's pretty compelling. It's called the right to disconnect law. It went into effect yesterday. It applies to French companies with 50 or more people. So it's if you're a smaller company, it doesn't really count. But the French have been doing a lot in terms of uh, they've managed to pass a law that says the work week can't be more than 35 hours. And now basically saying that, you know, the the tension, the anxiety of always being connected is actually messing with people. Mm -hmm. And so you have the right as an employee not to answer that email, which I think is an interesting bind to put yourself in because it's still like, well, as the boss, I'm wondering if the boss expects you to answer that email right. or not. If it's kind of underlined yeah. there. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. You know, I think that over there they do emphasize a lot quality of life and, and work life balance, which I think we're steering towards and we'll talk about generations of course, but um that's really interesting. Okay, yeah. Cool. Wasn't that that Florida law that that's coming out that if you're if you have a salary of forty six thousand or less that you if you get work 
over 40 hours a week, you're entitled yeah, to Yeah, so that was actually a national law, and they are, that's in the courts right now. Okay. So that was one of the last things that I think the Obama administration was trying to get through. It was around $47,000. Uh, anything under that, you're an hourly worker, essentially. Yeah. Um, you get paid for overtime, but they have challenged it, and I'm not sure what the, uh, what the outcome will be of that. Yeah, just interesting. Things are shifting. All right, let's go to the Great White North. Just so you know, I'm from Canada, so if you get this wrong, I'm going to be hurt <laughs> on a number of levels. Okay. Uh, so Canada is technically celebrating its 150th anniversary in 2017. But it only gained, thank you, thank you. I don't look a day over 149. <laughs> but it only gained sovereignty, so, sovereignty, man, that's a tough word, from Britain the same year that Michael Jackson's Thriller was released. Also, the same year that the International Whaling Commission decided to end commercial whaling. Also, the same year the Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan came out. What was this magical year? Was it A, 1987, making Canada about 30 years old, so a bit of a hipster. 1982, which makes Canada about 35 years old, which is still hipstery, but getting into that, you know, dad bod kind of area. Or 1977, which would make uh, Canada around 40. So remember, it's Thriller, the Whaling Commission, and Star Trek II. So was it 1987, 1982, or 1977? I'm going to go 1982. Oh, very nice. Yes. Good. That is the magical year. Of course, that's when Thriller came out. And so is it a coincidence? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Could be. All right, let's go to China now. Now, you haven't been. I noticed on your map of places you visited, Asia is, there's nothing there. Nope, on so the bucket list. Mm-hmm. That has got to be, are you shooting for 2017 or is that going to be uh, in the future? It's going to be It's going to be in the future because I feel like the, the problem with traveling is you say, oh, well, if I'm there, I might as well just go here. And then I might uh, as well just, you know, go over here hop, hop, hop. and you just get really carried away. I feel like Asia is just one of those trips you got to devote good amount of time to to nice. fully enjoy it. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. <laughs> All right. China recently announced a good news, bad news sort of situation. So let's go with the good news first. Okay. Uh, they're going to shut down the following in 2017. Is it A, smog, B, the Chinese New Year, very confusing, uh, or C, the domestic ivory industry? Domestic ivory industry. Yeah, that's right. So they're going to shut it down in China. They'll ban all domestic ivory trade by the end of 2017. That's the biggest ivory market in the world. That's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of conservationists, a lot of groups have been pushing for this for a long time. And so it should curb uh, elephant poaching in Africa. You know what? That's really good news. That That is is. great news. Now, it's, it's a good news, bad news situation. So what they also announced was they're tightening regulations on NGOs in China. Because what they felt like was there wasn't enough government oversight on the NGOs, uh, which could be bad. uh, Because if there is more oversight, that might mean more red tape. That might mean less of what the, you know, the goal or the mission of the NGO is trying to do. So we'll see how that goes as well. Mm -hmm. So China. All right. So one local, because, you know, we're in one of the travel, uh, top travel destinations in the world here in Orlando, FLA. After nearly 40 years in business, the Central Florida attraction closed this weekend for the last time. Was it A, Disney's Pleasure Island, B, Wet n' Wild, or C, Church Street Station? Wet n' Wild. Yeah, yeah. So those are some other places that have closed, and there's always this sort of nostalgic, oh, 
Mr. Toad's Wild Ride isn't open anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they Wet n Wild closed. I didn't realize it was owned by Universal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what they're doing is opening that volcano, crazy looking volcano bay. Yeah. Thing. You know what? That's right by my house. And every time I drive by it, I'm like, oh my gosh, they've done so much in a week. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It seems like I want my water parks to take longer to build. That's just something that like I feel. safety. Yeah. Like if it took two weeks to put up this really super dangerous looking ride. <laughs> I mean, Universal, can you just tell me that it took longer than that? That would be great. <laughs> I would really appreciate that. Just to be on the safe side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would really, I would really like that. Yeah. So uh, it opened in 1977. At one point, it was the, one of the most popular water parks in the world. Uh, and so I remember going there and uh, doing that sort of thing. But yeah, they can't compete. It just had a terrible location. There wasn't anything else attached to it. Did you cry a little? Uh, Shed some tears? I did not. I just started to remember that one time that I was stuck in a wave pool and I couldn't get out. And I'm like, <laughs> kill it. Kill it with fire. I don't know how you kill a wave pool with fire, but please do but that. But no more, no more. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to Iceland now. And so another place that you've been, this is a band called, have you ever heard of Sigur Rós? I have not. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Very interesting. I think this was their first album. Basically, they didn't name the album or any of the tracks. So everything's just kind of, oh, this is track four. And then what they also did was they created their own language for the album. And oh, wow. so it's, uh, it's not in Icelandic. It's just singing of some kind. So we're going to hear track four from that untitled album here on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. I'm not sure if it's Jay or Jai Wolf. That was Indian Summer on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. I love, love, love that song. Uh, Jay Wolf is, uh, he was born in Bangladesh. He's now a DJ and music producer up in New York City. So you could still hear a little bit of that Bangladesh sort of uh, sound influencing what he puts together. So uh, a bit warm out still. I'm hoping winter will come. It's the opposite of Game of Thrones. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm here with Juliana Rossi, who's listening to me ramble on. Please <laughs> feel free to interrupt at any time. Good Just to know. Good to know. Jump in and interrupt this because it's going to keep going like that <laughs> 24 for 24 hours. Yeah. So, Juliana, uh, beginning of the second hour, it's almost done. It flies by. Uh, but this part always maybe seems a little bit longer because we're going to do bad business ideas. So we do this every week. Juliana, I'm going to set up a meal for you. You're going to have two choices, and you're going to have to choose one of these meals. Not only are you going to choose this meal, you're going to actually cook the meal and then prepare the meal and get it all ready and serve it to other people. Okay. Now, this, this analogy has gone off the rails. Basically, I'm going to present to you two bad business ideas. These are things that I come up with because, as I mentioned, I think I'm a quarter gypsy, and I like the side hustle. Like, that's what we're talking about today, right? Like, the millennials and everything that we've got going on, you have to have a side hustle. So, one of these is going to be yours. Because by coming on the show, you are legally obligated to take whichever one you pick and run with it. Perfect. So this is going to be your new focus from now until it's making money and I can say that I'm a partner in this. <laughs> because okay. I came up with the idea. Uh, now, let me just throw something out at you. Because this came up, I think, in the last hour. We're talking a lot today about travel, about how it changes your perspective. And one of the things that I think, you know, we talked about some of the stuff that holds people back. So there's this idea that it might be dangerous. There's this idea that uh, it's expensive. And it can be both of those things. Depends on where you go and what you feel like doing there. 
but it can also be not very dangerous, very friendly, um, and it can also be not very expensive. But I think the thing that really doesn't let us get out the door sometimes is how comfortable we've made our world. So not only at work, but especially at home, we've got our big screen TVs, we've got our, you know, the food is all ready, we know where the restaurants are, we get ensconced in this sort of little den, we, you know, nest, basically. Absolutely. So I'm just going to throw this out there. We're going to put this maybe as option 1A is maybe we start a company and then we go in. If you want to travel more, but you're not ready, what we're going to do is we're going to come into your house and make it uncomfortable for you to stay there. <laughs> so we're going to downsize your TV. You still own all of these things. You still get them back at some point. But we're going to make your TV smaller. We're going to uh, maybe take out some of the uh, storage in your, sh in your fridge, some of the shelves, so you don't have as much room there. We're going to take away a lot of your entertainment choices, your couch. Maybe we throw something on there so it's not as comfortable. You know, basically make it so that you don't want to stay home you as gotta much. Leave. You got to leave. You got to do it. You got to go out there. Or alternately, we just put you in a tiny house. You go for a month and you stay in a tiny house and you're going to want to go on vacation somewhere. You're going to want to travel somewhere. I, I think it's a little psychological. So I think that people, even though you give them a smaller TV, you know, they still want to watch TV. Okay. All right. So that's not a great idea. So no. let's, let's workshop that a little bit more. All right. Let's get started with bad business ideas. Juliana, may I call you Juliana? Yeah, of course. Okay, great. You travel extensively and to a great many destinations. This is true. Great. You have to actually say yes or no. If you're nodding, it doesn't really come through. Yes, radio. it's true. Okay, great. What are a few of the things that jump out to you as things that can be improved on during the travel process? Uh, you know, some places just are kind of out to um, get you, I will say. Like in London, they do fine you if you're in the wrong train. And I have been fined by accident. I mean, pure accident. I'm not trying to, you know mess with the system or anything. So I think that um, a lot of, you know, popular destinations need a little more, uh, maybe public transportation help. Okay. So luggage, I heard luggage in there. So luggage is, but not luggage itself. I know I'm changing topics, <laughs> but that was good. That I just say good. luggage, of I, course. Yeah. Uh, the idea of having to lug all these things around, that's where the word comes from. Mm. I don't know, maybe getting on and off, the plane becomes a hassle. If you check bags, you have to wait around for them. They get lost. And then you get there and guess what? You have your own clothes. And they may not even be in the style of the people that are there. So you or the look weather. like a, yeah, you look like a dope. Yeah. You know, I look like a dope all the time. I don't want to look like a dope in another country. The Hawaiian shirts and, and the cargo shorts. Which is basically. The flip flops. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm wearing right now. Taurus. Thanks for telling everybody that. <laughs> So I propose something new. What okay. if you get ready for a vacation in Iceland? You've been, but you pack like you were staying here. Makes things a little easier, right? Because you're just putting in stuff that you would wear normally and you're just putting it in the luggage. You then upload the contents of your luggage to a site that we create and find someone leaving from your destination on the same day or around the same day. Are they the same size? Maybe. Do they have everything you might need? Possibly. <laughs> You take your luggage to the airport and put in a special locker for someone else who's going to come here. And then you get over there to your destination, take the luggage and go. Is underwear you, included in that or you get to keep that? So that's a good question. Let's 
Let's think about that. Okay. Maybe the underwear is, you bring the underwear. Yeah. You can bring underwear, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. I know what you're going to ask me. Nick, that's an amazing idea. I, I should have known about the underwear. <laughs> what is it called? Fast and loose. Because it's fast, because you don't have to worry about your own luggage getting through. And okay. it's loose because possibly the clothes are going to be loose. Because they're not going to fit. Probably yeah, going. There's probably going to be some issues with that. There. Although everyone in Iceland is very skinny. So basically, it's just to Iceland. Maybe we just make it hyper-focused on Iceland travel. Okay. Because how many jackets do you own? I mean, not many. Right. Uh, that's a great point. You know what? I think a lot of Floridians don't have, you know, ski jackets and right. of the sort. At first, I thought maybe we could add it to sort of an Airbnb thing where you not only rent the house or the room, you're renting clothes as well. But in the closet. Yeah, but I didn't want to do that because I don't own Airbnb and they're already doing it very well. Yeah, but you know what? That sounds kind of fun. That sounds a little adventurous. I think you would definitely have to get out of your comfort zone to to wear somebody else's clothes in a foreign country and rock it anyway. Okay. So in. that's idea number one. Okay. All right. You ready? Idea number two. When you're going into somebody's office, and this has happened to me, so I do a little bit of whittling. I do a little bit of woodwork. And so people are really impressed with the stuff that I do, like, like surprisingly for the amount of effort that I put into doing these things. And what's interesting about that is, you know, I think that it goes like this musician, magician, woodworker, as far as people impressed by these things. Now, it could also be that usually when people are coming to see me, they want something from me. Okay. So like, oh, Nick, that looks amazing. And so they just want something. But I can't make people musicians. I can't make people magicians. I can make people appear like they know how to woodwork. So instead of going out and just buying something and putting it on the wall and saying, oh, I did this, which is a lie. We're going to do something a little more elaborate, which will still be a lie, but a more elaborate one. Okay. So what we're going to do is a subscription service for reclaimed wood furniture. So we're going to impress people with your skills or your perceived skills of woodworking when they come into your office. Okay. Are you with me so far? Yes. Okay. So we're not only just going to make the thing and put it in your office and give it to you. We're going to give you all the stuff you need at home to make it look like you actually do reclaimed wood furniture and furnishings and other decorative uh, items. So you're kind of a con artist. That's an interesting concept, but no, we're basically giving you the sanding equipment. We're giving you the reclaimed wood. You'll have some pallets you can keep around the house. So is it kind of a do it yourself or it's already done? It's already done. Already done. Yeah. Because you don't really want to do it yourself, do you? Right. Yeah. No, but you want like everyone wants the credit, but they don't actually want to do the work for it. Correct. Okay. But you don't want to get caught in a lie either, do you? No. So you need all this stuff around your house too. So somebody. Yeah, comes up and says, oh, my gosh, let's see what you, yeah, come on. Do you have any, oh, my gosh, look at all the pallets you have. You're oh, my done. gosh, look at that paint. Yeah. Look at, okay. And so it needs to be subscription service because if they come back, you want to change the stuff out and have a half-done project laying around and new pallets that have been broken down, that sort of thing. Terrible business idea. It's, it's very elaborate. So let's do a quick role play. So you're Angelina Shortstack a district manager for a laser pointer manufacturer. And I'm a potential customer named Frederick Flapjacks. I'm very hungry this morning, so that's where all these <laughs> names come from. I want to buy some laser pointers, and I'm doing a site visit on all the major laser pointer manufacturers in the tri-state area. I don't know what the tri-state area is, but it sounded cool. You're my last stop, and I want to be wowed. 
Okay. Okay. So this is it. I'm coming in. In scenario one, you have some reclaimed wood-looking decorations, but you didn't make them. Oh, hi, Angelina. I'm Frederick. How are you? Hi. How are you? Good, good. I'm ready to buy some laser pointers. Oh, I really like your office. Thank you so much. You know, yeah. I actually, I made that beautiful, beautiful art piece right there. You did? I did. You, uh, come on. You're a woodworker? I am. Are you? You have all that? Yeah, sort of. What do you mean, sort of? Well, I mean, I wish I was. I'm really impressed with your skills, though. But anybody, anybody can do it. I mean, I could teach you. Okay. What, what, hang on. Scene for a second. What are you doing? Are you flirting with Frederick? Absolutely not. That sounded. Frederick a is my bit... client. I would never. Okay. What? How are you going to teach him? It seems like a ghost, Patrick Swayze, Demi Well, you know, Moore, it's kind of the thing where you thing. say, you know, I'll teach you, and then it never actually happens. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Back to. Well, I appreciate that. You know what? You get my business. Really? Yeah, because you know how to make wood stuff. Thank you. You're welcome. I think, you know, this could be a good trusting relationship. And scene. So see, that helped, didn't it? No. Oh. No okay. terrible business idea. So hang on. What about the name Wooden Nickels? Wooden Nickels? Yeah. I kind of like that, yeah. actually. Yeah, Marketing. See? I like that. What does it mean? Break it down for me. Well, because back in the day when money was new in the U.S., basically what people could do is carve wooden nickels, paint them, and then pass them off. So the saying is, don't take any wooden nickels. So it's basically another con. It's actually really good. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is where I get people. Yeah. <laughs> With the names? With the names. So think about it this way, too. This is just the initial idea. Okay. Maybe instead of this... Wooden Nickels could be an ironic name because we're actually training people on how to make reclaimed wood furniture. See, I feel like that that's a more honest business idea. I like that a well, little better. Obviously, it's a more honest business idea. Now, is it a better biz bad business idea? Remember, these are bad business better ideas. Better bad business idea. So um, this is the starting point. Wooden Nickels are fast and loose. We can take them in any direction. You're going to have a board of directors that you're going to find. You're going to have a business plan that you're going to have to write. You're going to have capital investment that you're going to have to, you know, get some angel investors out there. So you're going to have to convince people. So if you don't believe in it, change it. And wooden nickels. And then it becomes something you do believe in. So what is our selling point for, for wooden nickels well, I think, to investors? Well, again, I think it's the reclaimed wood. You want to appear like you know how to do reclaimed wood because it'll impress people. So it's a good, good way to establish yourself in front of somebody mm -hmm. and uh, as a, I'm telling you it's musician magician woodworker <laughs> those are the three things okay so we're not going to teach magic because as far as I know that's the black arts and yeah. I'm just not getting into that and people are going to want to see it right on the spot right as opposed to wood you can that and takes time no music, one's got time for that as far as I know unless you learn it when you're a kid you're not going to be able to learn it. yeah that's a great point yeah so it's wood it's pretty much woodworking I don't know what's below that, but anything below that is garbage. <laughs> so, You're not so the, impressing anything. the statistics is what's, what's going to help. Yeah, no, I've done, I've run all the numbers. I've oh. done all the research on this. I'm, I feel a little, I feel a little cheated. I feel a little disappointed that I'm not a woodworker and that's just, you know. Um, so maybe you should do Maybe, maybe I should do wooden nickels. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> it is a great name. Fantastic Sometimes, name. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, Juliana, we have to move on. Fast and Loose, the luggage exchange program or the clothes exchange program. Okay. Oh, I like that. The clothes exchange program. Clothes exchange. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I like this one a little better. Wood, wooden nickels? 
or fast and loose? Fast and loose. Fast and loose. Okay. Maybe not fast and loose. That could definitely be an inappropriate name. Travel togs. Travel togs. Exchange. What your about travel underpants. twins? Travel twins? Yeah, you know, you're a twin with somebody. Oh, yeah, I like for that. For a hot minute. Yeah. Travel, yeah. travel trade. Travel trade. All right, let's, okay. So travel trade it is. Okay. And we're going to do this. And so let's talk off air about some of the licensing issues and things you're going to have to deal with. And you remember everything is in your court. So I'm doing nothing on this. I feel like this could work if the person signs some kind of agreement that they're not going to steal the clothes, damage the clothes. Because what if I go somewhere and I love the clothes? You know, I'm like, I'm in Iceland. I love this North Face jacket. I got to keep it. Can't do that. Maybe. Gotta be some kind of maybe you could just buy it right maybe. there. Oh, you know what? Spot. We could make our money from sponsorships of different clothing companies. Boom. Love it. Got it. All right, Juliana. Thank you very much. And that's the play song. Uh, why don't we go to France with the next song with the Paris combo? At first, I thought this actually meant a uh, luggage of love, but it does not. Valse d'amour, which means waltz of love. Oh, but valse sounds like valet and i don't know i was making a leap of logic there <laughs> when it comes to a different language which i think we should all do sometimes especially when we're in a different country makes it fun but this is the paris combo with waltz of love on wprk winter park florida the paris combo on wprk winter park florida with waltz of love you're listening to a certain degree on wprk winter park florida my name is nick i'm here with juliana rossi good morning juliana hello hello one of the reasons we're playing so much international music is because Juliana, we're talking about travel. Uh, Juliana's been all over the place, which sounds weird when I say it like that, <laughs> but has been traveling quite a bit. And so that's something that we wanted to focus on today. So if you missed any of the show, I'll be putting it up. I'll be uh, editing and putting it up on my website a little bit later this week, hopefully by tomorrow to a certain degree.com. So you can listen to the whole thing. But right now we're going to get into something, a topic that I'd like to talk about, and that's sort of this generational expectation of people. So, Juliana, I appreciate you coming on the show because you're also one of the youngest people who's come on the show. And so you're ensconced. You're definitely in the millennial generation. Yes, very, very millennial. And you're very conscious of it, I think, because it feels like more than any other generation, we've really hit you hard with this idea that you're in that generation uh, and I hate to say it, that in many cases, you're subpar on some level. Like every generation always does this. The same thing for Generation X, that we're, we're the best. The next generation has to be less than us mm -hmm. because that helps build us up, uh, that sort of thing. And so what I like to do or what I did, and uh, I think it's kind of funny, is I looked up millennials on news on Google just to see what some of the headlines are. Mm -hmm. And they're not as negative as I thought. It used to be, I felt like you could put in millennials in the news and look at the headlines and pretty much substitute millennials with zombies, <laughs> vampires, like any kind of monsters, because that's how it felt. But now it's uh, millennials are creators of new economy. How millennials are changing how we view success. No, millennials are not wizards with computers. It seems it feels a little more realistic. It, it was really good to see that because I feel like uh, millennials got a bad rap uh, for the most part. And so that's something that we shouldn't really encourage. And I think at this point too, you know, I was watching this online conference not too long ago and they were talking about the I generation and how that's next. And I feel like a lot of researchers are also now looking into what's, what's next 
you know, it's after the millennials, what's up and coming and how these babies have, you know, iPads now and, and how they're different from millennials. So finally, I think we're seeing the light <laughs> with the millennials and how, how there's such a negative connotation there sometimes. And I, I got to say that some of the stereotype, you know, can definitely be true. I think that um, you, every generation has its good and bad. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny when I get asked at work, like, oh, you know, what do millennials need, you know, from an older boss? What do you guys need? We don't get it. You know, we give you free food. We give you free beer. Or we give you bean bags. What else do you need? You know, what do you want? And that's that, I don't think that's very untrue with with how we're actually connecting with our workplace and how millennials now have seen their parents work their butt offs in one one job for 25 years, 30 years, 50 years. And it's not that we don't admire that because I think that we truly do. And I think it takes a lot of dedication, a lot of loyalty and a lot of patience to stay in one place for that long. It's that I think that we might see it as a little monotonous, you know, and a lot of, a lot of millennials are scared of that and they like variety and they like options and the impact I think is the biggest concept that people talk about in the workplace with millennials is as we like to feel impact in our in our work and what does that mean what does the impact mean does that mean that my work is is being noticed in the workplace or does that mean that my work is being noticed in the community or my job has a the company that i'm in has a deeper meaning than just right. the brand and it's i think building that, you're building something while you're there and then i think the other interesting thing is there's no or there are very few of these 25, 30 year jobs anymore. Yeah. So you would work in that because at some point you're being promised a pension or a retirement fund or something along those lines. It feels like, I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels like all of those are gone. Yeah. Because, you know, what we're seeing now is it has to be about profitability, which means that respecting and moving up and pushing people to stay at one place is gone. Because you never know when they're going to be downsizing. You never know when you're going to have another opportunity come up and you never know when these things are going to happen. And I would say that, you know, it's it's kind of contradicting because to us as millennials, we say, okay, well, you know, people say we want instant gratification, that we we're used to getting what we want because we have technology. And if we want to watch a movie, we can stream it. We don't have to wait um, for the showtime to come on it. 10 o'clock at night, you know, we can just stream it. We can go on Netflix. We, we kind of just have that. But I do think that there's a large amount of millennials that do want to work hard towards that promotion and do want to stay, but they're not, um, they're not being encouraged properly or we want to continue education. You know, I want to, if I'm at a workplace, I want to be able to take a leadership class or get involved in a volunteer program within the, within the workforce, you know, it just, it has to be something that is much greater than just the job position. Yeah. It's interesting too, because I think the millennials um, and a, a lot of people really are making the workplace a little more uncomfortable. So I'll give you an example. We were doing a job search recently and you look at one person who's been at a company for 10 years and you see some people might see loyalty. Right. Or you see somebody who's been at five different jobs about two years each. And some people might see an inability to commit. Mm-hmm. Whereas you also can look at it and say, OK, well, that person who's been there for 10 years, you know, they maybe it's stale. Maybe it got stale after a few years. Maybe they're not looking for the next thing. Why are they looking now? Is something wrong. Whereas the person who's been jumping around, they want to stay interested. They want to stay, you know, and this is the this is the root of things now is that. 
They probably got laid off a couple of times because there was downsizing or things of that nature. Sure. So we can't look at it through the same lens that we used to uh, because otherwise you're going to be in a lot of trouble. I think the millennials also, it, younger people in general tend to threaten the old guard because they bring in so much energy. You're asking uncomfortable questions. What are we doing for the community? How do you make education a part of the everyday workplace? Right. And how do you do that in a way that everybody can participate? And so that's a little bit, not necessarily threatening might be the wrong word, but it's, it's intimidating because now they're having to think about different things. And so that's, that's a problem, like beanbags and beer and all that stuff. Yeah, that's great, but that's easy. Right. Do these hard things. Make your place someplace that is worth working at. And I think also it comes down to starting at a new place and saying, you know, a lot of millennials are like, why do you do this this way? Why do you, why are you still printing this? You know what I mean? It kind of, it's crazy to us because I think that we see it as maybe old school, but for that workplace has been, it, it works. You know, that's how it's been for 50 years, 60 years. So they kind of see it as who are you to come in and think otherwise and, and right. challenge us. And, and it just, I think it's the way that you approach it. And I think it's the way that some millennials maybe need to, have more respect or, or it just is about the way it's handled between both parties, between the employer and the employee. Absolutely. That line of communication is important and sometimes it's glossed over and people aren't as blunt as they maybe should be. Yeah. One of the other things that comes up a lot with millennials is social media. Social media is replacing the actual ability to connect with humans, mm -hmm. which I find ironic since it is connecting with humans and it's connecting together. What is your take on uh, we talked about Snapchat earlier, but what's your take on social media in terms of how you're interacting with people? Um, and then, you know, you started your own Instagram channel in terms of trying to connect people with different things in Orlando. Mm -hmm. So can you speak a little bit to that? Sure. So I think social media is, is somewhat of a double-edged sword. I think that millennials have grown up with social media. It's just something that we are used to, mm -hmm. you know, our, our parents, maybe had to learn a little bit more about it for us. It's just, it's common. Everybody, what do you mean? You don't have a Facebook. What? Well, you're not on Facebook, you know? So it, it's kind of a, a crazy thing that it's what everybody is doing. Um, but I think that it gives us a false perspective. It's funny how talking to people that are 25, you know, my age saying, I still don't know what I want to do. I think I, I thought I did, you know, in college, I thought that after I was out of college, I would have it all figured out. And they seem like they have it all figured out on social media and then they don't. And when you talk to them and actually get to see a little bit more of their private life and, and actually get to, you know, hear what they have to say and say, you know, I, I am a little, you know, a little confused at life or maybe I think I want to do this, but I keep comparing myself to other people. And I read this awesome quote the other day and it said, don't look left or right, look up. And that can mean whatever to you. It can mean religion. It can mean just look forward, you know, look to look to your own path is really what that means. And it's so hard with social media because we think that other people are doing better. We think they're happy at their jobs. We think they're happy in their relationships. That's all we see. You know, we see their happiness and that's not always the case, but people don't share that on social media people don't even share the bad side of traveling i mean i'm not going to share on social media you know hey i had a meltdown today because i you know my debit card is locked because i'm abroad and and i got on the wrong train and the things that people don't share and and that we should be seeing are not there and then it's also easier to send somebody a message than to actually call them mm -hmm. 
you know, it's easy to keep up with their lives through their pictures that they're posting instead of actually calling them and seeing how they're doing. And I definitely think that that is affecting our our generation a lot because we are kind of losing that sense of relationship and, and that people to people, you know, skills that we used to. So it's interesting because the keeping up appearances part of social media affects so many parts of your life, right? Like, so even though you could put up filters and privacy and all that thing, if you are looking for a job, an employer can look you up on Facebook. They can mm-hmm. look you up on Instagram. They can see some of the things that are going on. So they sometimes want to see stability in your life. They don't want to see that you're having issues with this, that, or the other thing, or questioning, you know, your existence. That's which, a really good point. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it makes you want to not lie, but put on a persona that's a little bit different than what you might be actually feeling, uh, which is interesting because I think that when people do want to change, one of the most compelling ways or one of the big arguments for it is to put that up on social media. Uh, say you're going to do something every day. Maybe it's just that, uh, you know, that moment of gratitude. I'm going to do this every day. I'm going to thank somebody for something uh, and do that. And then because you're putting it out there, you feel more obligated to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting yin and yang to uh, to social media in that sense. Yeah, that's And not true. a problem that's, that's totally for just millennials. That's everybody. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I actually watched this research video the other day and it said that social media when you are on it and when you post something and you start to get activity on your feed whether it's through instagram snapchat or or facebook it actually releases a chemical in your body called dopamine oh yeah and so you actually get happiness and it's addictive and and so instead of turning to people for support we're turning to social media because yep. it makes us feel good. And, and that's sad. And it can also be very good because we're also, you know, able to reach more people. You're able to tell more people about what you're doing or you're able to, you know, maybe remember somebody's birthday that you couldn't before. I, I think that it can connect a lot of people, but it can also disconnect and make you feel, you know, a false sense of security mm-hmm. about your life. It's, it's an interesting concept because it is the same feeling that you get from playing like Candy Crush and stuff like that, clearing <laughs> a level on that. Yeah. Oh, five people liked my post. Yeah, I'm this special. This is the best day of my <laughs> life. But we say that, I'm saying that sarcastically, but it's it's pretty interesting that, you know, when you do get that sort of um, uh, recognition mm-hmm. for something that you've done. Yeah, uh, I think what it comes down to is what are you posting on that? And I think that's, you know, one of the reasons I'm still figuring out the social media part. Uh, is it me as a professional? Is it me through my radio show? Is it me? Well, it's interesting because it's so correlated now. You know, you what you are posting on social media is technically who you become to the world and, and who they see. And it's like, do you want them to see you as a professional? Yeah. Do you want them to see you as a traveler? Or do you want them to see you as a charitable person? It's just, it's hard because it's almost like you have to pick a niche within your social media profile. And I don't know if that's, that's how it should be, you know? Right. Yeah. It was funny too, because I remember one time on Facebook, I said something that it wasn't even that controversial. I was just like, man, this week, it's like all this posts from the last couple of weeks about 2016 being terrible but I may have used a word that was a swear. Mm-hmm. And I realized like a day later, I'm like, maybe I should take that down. And then I realized how difficult it is to delete posts and how, you know, if somebody has commented on it, then it still exists. And I'm like, 
I just wanted to burn Facebook to the ground. Yeah. I'm like, I'm embarrassed about this. This is out there in the ether. It's going to be out there forever. If somebody looks this up. It's like a track record of everything yeah. that you're doing in your life. Yeah. And, and that's so. kind of crazy to think about that we're now we're just, you know, keeping track of everything that we're doing. It's all right there. Yeah. And it's public. Okay, now you're freaking me out. I need to go back through <laughs> all my stuff and just burn it to the ground. And speaking of, of also social media and people posting, you know, their opinions and sometimes they might regret it or not or offend people. And, and I do think that we've become a little more sensitive. But, you know, people who are sitting there and posting on social media and this is kind of the double edged sword side to it. I think to myself, what are you actually doing to help the community? You know, you're speaking about these subjects, but what are you doing? Are you volunteering to make this subject better? You're almost like talking about a problem, but not actually creating a solution to it. And that's, that's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of contradicting in my opinion. So maybe you should be the person that goes on and goes, well, that's great. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you'll be very popular. Then I'll get very deleted. Very yeah. 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 Actually that might not be a bad thing <laughs> because the people who keep you around will be like, Oh, that person is uh, calling me out on this. I'm going to do it. She's a good friend. Yeah. And then that's how you will, find your real friends. That's a good point. That's another bad business idea right that's there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's listen to, let's go to Brazil and Cuba with the Stan, Get, Stan Getz Quartet. They're from America, of course, but uh, Astrid Hilberto will sing One Note Samba. And then Ibrahim Ferrer from Cuba will sing Como Fue on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Good morning, Juliana. Good morning. Uh, Juliana has been gracious enough to be the guest on my show this week. Uh, you're listening to a certain degree. My name is Nick and it's, we're pretty much done. It's gone by so fast. I mean, the show is pretty much done. I, we're pretty much done. <laughs> I'm done. You're done. Okay. I'm completely done. One of the things I did want to talk about before we go is the whole theme today has been travel. So if, if somebody wants to listen to this later on, go to, to a certain degree.com and I'll have the show up, uh, edited, without the music, unfortunately, but I might put the music up to somewhere else. And so you could listen to us talk about all sorts of things. Travel, I also, I don't know if you're allowed to put my email on there, but you're more than welcome to, and people can reach out. If they have any travel questions. I'm sure. happy, to, happy to answer. That would be wonderful. Well, let's talk a little bit about college. So you went to UCF. Mm -hmm. I think you also did a certificate or something along those lines from uh, Cornell. I did. I got an online uh, certification for marketing strategy from Cornell. Okay. Very awesome program. Very nice. And you focused on hospitality. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Is the certif certificate on that as well? Or is that just marketing in general? Marketing strategy. Okay. Yeah, not, not hospitality related. So where do you want to go? Where do you see yourself? And now that you've been out, not really that long, do you see yourself going in another direction? Because I see people all the time not end up in the industry or in the direction that they thought they'd be in. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, that's a good point. A lot of people do get a degree and then, you know, 10 years later, they're in a totally different industry because it's hard to figure out exactly what you want to do when you're 20 something and have an experience, the professional world per se, you've, you know, you've had maybe jobs here and there, but you don't, you don't actually know everything that's out there and everything that you're capable of. And not everybody takes advantage of all the resources, you know, at the colleges, but, um, I think that if I could make a baby out of marketing and travel and tourism, that would be my ideal job, you know, mm -hmm. and with Orlando being so hospitality based and being such a uh, popular tourist destination, there's a lot of opportunity here. So. So if you could work it where you had to travel for work and you had to go to different places and stuff like that, that would be optimal for you. That would be very cool. Um, 
I, I think that the main point of that though would be to get to interact with people from other places and, and get to really do the travel and tourism industry every day, you know, even if it's research or mm -hmm. um, hotels or, you know, conventions, everything. There's so much opportunity here in Orlando. It's such an awesome, awesome industry to be in. So the hospitality program at UCF is really well known. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very good program. What perspective did it give you in terms of, you know, going out there in the real world? So obviously hospitality is a lot about customer service and things of that nature, but how have you applied what you've learned so far? Because you worked in marketing for a little bit, you've worked in some other industries. So mm -hmm. how does that affect how you approach life? I think hospitality comes with every job to a certain degree, ironically. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, client relationships is so important no matter where you are and, and with your coworkers. And Rosen really emphasized teamwork. Uh, you had to have three internships before you graduated. So oh, wow. that kind of forced you to get experience within that field. That way you were prepared once you left, you had something under your belt, you had a resume, you know, you had some stuff that you had learned from. And a lot of people ended up getting hired. I did too, uh, right off the bat, just because you already had an internship there. They already knew you. And you can apply that because while you're learning, it's almost like you have a free pass as a student. And I think a lot of people don't realize that you have a free pass to get to say, hey, you know, I'm kind of wondering what your position entails. Do you mind if I shadow you for a day or do you mind if I maybe invite you to a cup of coffee, ask you for a couple questions? And I think that the networking aspect was the biggest thing I've taken to other industries. That's important everywhere you go, no matter if you're in the tech industry, medical world, you know, hospitality, marketing, everything actually requires networking. And, and it's about the people that you surround yourself with that encourage you and, and that challenge you and make, you know, allow you to have better conversations with them. And I think it's given me an opportunity to, to take that to every industry. I think that's an interesting point because you don't, so you don't need college to succeed in life. You don't need college to build a network, but it does help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that's an interesting uh, point that you made there because I think that, you know, as we look at college it, as this uh, transactional sort of experience, you get a degree at the end and because of that degree, you're gonna get a job. It's not always that way. It's not just about the degree. Um, it's about your ability to do these things. And it's not always about your ability to go to college either. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which I think is pretty interesting. So uh, we got to get out of here. We're going to turn it over to Ben and Music of the World here in a second. But there's a couple things I wanted to uh, talk about in terms of ways to find you or things that you're doing. So the first and foremost is Local Orlando on Instagram. Yes. So that has recently been an initiative to connect people in the local community in Orlando and be able to showcase what, what they're, where they're exploring. You know, I feel like along with the travel subject, there's a lot to explore just right here in our backyard. You know, Orlando is beautiful in the way that it's got all these different neighborhoods. You can go to Winter Garden, you can go to Winter Park, you can go to the Milk District, you can go to Dr. Phillips. I mean, there's so many different areas to explore. Um, so the local Orlando Instagram for me was a, an initiative to connect people in our community that aren't touristy and just want to explore a backyard. Great. And that's at local underscore Orlando on Instagram. And I'm actually liking Instagram a lot more lately yeah. uh, because it's not Facebook and, you know, the posts and the links and the, a lot of noise and an algorithm that may or may not work, even though Instagram is owned by Facebook. 
Uh, and it's not Twitter, which doesn't feel like it's always enough to share. And I think the focus, the hyper-focus on the photography is really great. And so when I'm seeing your feed and I'm seeing some of the food on there, especially, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, a, it's a good way to just quickly see Oh, that, that looks cool. You know, maybe yeah. I'll explore that or you can just you can filter it out so much easier than if you're just reading words. Good. Well, Juliana, anything else you want to uh, discuss? Plug. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I hope, you know, on the subject of a new perspective this year, I hope that people get rid of that fear, get out there, get to travel and um, get involved in our local community right here, volunteering a little more and, and doing something better for the community. That's great. That's all we can do. Yes, that's all we well, can do. Well, I mean, do. we could probably do more than that, but that's a, that's a start. 